0: Blossoming where you bleed simply means growing from the places that have once cut you, and understanding that even if the sky isn't always blue, that we can still progress from our pain, because flowers don't just need the sun, they also need the rain. What is up, my fellow Blossomers? Welcome back to Blossom Where You Bleed, episode number three, Gratification Is Not Fulfillment. I'm your host, J.C. Kirby. I'm a personal trainer, a nutrition coach, a life coach, a published author, um, I'm sure a couple other things, but off the top of my head, that's that's all I got. Uh, before we get into the episode, um, just another reminder that I am not a medical professional, and the episodes themselves will focus um, a lot on eating disorders and my journey through both a binge eating disorder, bulimia through exercise, and a host of other mental health issues. Um, I also am prone to cursing a lot. Um, so you have been warned, warned, warned. There are some trigger warnings. Um, so just a heads up for that. Um, if you don't like, I don't know, the nitty gritty things of existence and human struggles and triumphs, um, and you don't like people fucking swearing. I'm fucking sorry, um getting into it, as is with this whole podcast. Um, I start every episode with a poem and uh, which relates to the episode itself. and this week's poem is titled "I Am," and it goes: I am more than any one single identity that could ever hope to contain who I am. I'm a being first. I'm a man, I am masculine, I am feminine. I am the slivers between labels. I am a supportive son. I am a loving husband. I am a nephew. I am a brother. I am a cousin. I am a friend. I am a lover. I am a fighter. I am a protector. I am a coward. I am a pacifist who believes battle should only be done for self-growth, not selfish greed. I am a personal trainer. I am a life coach. I am a writer. I am an author. I am a poet. I am only these things because they bring me joy, and they bring me fulfillment. I am bound by nothing but fulfillment, and can change direction at any moment. I am only what I choose to hold on to. I am a hard worker. I am diligent. I am organized. I am a slacker. I am a procrastinator. I am a disorganized clusterfuck of chaos. I am easy to reach, but often hard to find. I am caring. I am loyal. I am burdened with knowing too much and not knowing how to handle what I know. I'm an advocate for mental health. I'm a proponent of learning all I can so that the things I don't know don't weigh on me so heavily. I'm a person that, when overwhelmed, shuts down and pretend he's learned all there is to know so that he can forget. I'm a glutton. I'm a consumer of worlds, both externally and internally, that take on many masks and many forms. I'm a binge eater and a hypocrite. I'm an under-eater even when I know better. I am a compulsive mover and an over-exerciser. I am someone who knows very well demons are not purged by self-degradation, nor are they silenced by giving into the vices they voice, and I will continue to practice what I preach, because you become what you put your attention and effort into. I am in therapy. I am in eating disorder recovery. I am someone bent on getting better no matter how worse it gets. I am life. I am the temperate winds of the twilight sky painted clementine orange and lavender purple. I am the glistening stars reincarnate. I am the small spaces between the breaths of time and eternity. I am the roaring wake, awash the salt of the sea. I am the intrinsic bliss snuggled happily between the arms of lovers. I am the selfless virtues instilled in me by figures who believed in who I could be. I am death. I am vigor. I am anger. I am envy. I am pride. I am the wanton wishes learned by those who confuse fleeting gratification for fulfilled freedom. I am love. I am joy. I am the abominant abhorrence that seeps from the pores of ignorance. I am the putrid detest which permeates the soil of this earth. I am so many things of which I both loathe and love, and I'm finding ways to sturdy my middle ground, standing to better my balance. I am the universe. I am the world. I am everything and I am nothing. I am a mere moment in time, meant to live in the present without the hindrance of my past or worries of my future. I am you, and you are me. I am the cupped hands that bathe in and uphold the beautiful Tao of existence. I am free to reinvent the wheel of who I am until the day I die. And that, my friends, my dear listeners, is, again, a poem titled, I Am. I hope you li- I-, I hope you liked it. Um, if you didn't... Um, Again, I am, I, I don't know, I'm fucking sorry, man. I'm trying. I try to be a writer. I try to be a lot of things, as we all do in life. Um, I do my best. Um. So, again, today's topic, gratification versus fulfillment. What the fuck are both? What the fuck do they do? And how the fuck can we get out of one and get into the other? I.e., how do we get out of this cyclical nature of chasing gratifying external circumstances? And how do we get into fulfillment? Um, I'm going to try to be as coherent and I think as explanatory as I can be, um, from the things that I have learned in my own eating disorder recovery and through my own, um, absolute love and intrinsic passion of learning different philosophies. Um, and I hope you learn something along the way. Um, and if you don't, then I just hope you enjoy listening to my voice. And if you don't, um, well then I hope, um, you're in it for the fucking dad jokes and the shitty puns. Um, and if you're not, well, then just fucking turn this shit off because you're not going to get anything out of it. Um, getting into it. <laughs> gratification. Um, it is something that I I almost daily have to remind myself that gratification, um, a lot like emotions and feelings, it is very fleeting and it is something, um, it's tangible, but it's something that goes away very quickly and oftentimes leaves you feeling empty and less than what you started with or fulfillment on the flip side. A lot of times um, you have to put more into it up front, but eventually you what you get back from it is tenfold. Um, and when it comes to gratification, I think a lot of us, especially with in this day and age where we have work, we have families, we have, I don't know, Ten thousand fucking responsibilities that we have to do. Um, we look for those easy, quick fixes, those emotional sort of dullers that just kind of glazes over, glosses us over. Whether it be binge eating, whether it be over exercising. Um, you know, firsthand experience with both. Um, it could it could be drugs, alcohol, um, TV, even things that we use to sort of again gloss and glaze over. Um, the actual emotional triggers and emotional stressors that we're dealing with. Um, and that's the thing with these sort of quick, fleeting bursts of dopamine that we get from them, from like for myself. Um, if I have any sort of, um, emotional day, bad day, um, any sort of trigger that goes on, um, I have this overt urge to binge eat because I know from years and years and years of using food as a coping mechanism that if I binge eat, then I'm going to, in the moment, dull and I'm going to get this huge boost of dopamine and serotonin that is going to make me want to do it again and again and again because afterwards, once that, once I've wrung that wet towel full of all of the dopamine that I've had out, I know that there's going to be a massive sort of trench that I'm going to fall into Afterwards. And I think that's true with a lot of things that we use for gratifying circumstances and, and fillers. Um, again, alcohol. Great. In the moment, awesome. I, I don't really like the taste. I never learned from it. Ironic that I'm from the upper peninsula of Michigan where like, if you don't drink, you're a fucking pussy. Um, and here I am not fucking drinking. Um, do I give a fuck? Fuck. No. Um, but a lot of people will use alcohol again as an emotional distressor, um, but it's a depressant. So in the moment, awesome. It feels great. It You, you feel better, quote-unquote. But afterwards, nothing is solved. Nothing is n- not a single problem has been taken care of. Not a single emotion or feeling has actually been thought through and understood and accepted. All you're doing is taking that hardship and you're placing it somewhere else for the time being to deal with it later, and what happens a lot of the times is you start shoving those problems over and over and over until it is this mountainous sort of hurdle that you, you know is going to be a fucking bitch to deal with. So you just, you shove it and you don't deal with it at all. And you keep using those emotional triggers, those, emo, those emotional coping mechanisms rather, um, to keep distracting you. And that is a main proponent with, Um, A lot of eating disorders and disordered eating in general is that it's one component. There's so many others. But in relation to this, it's eating disorders in general for myself um, have been used as a means of avoiding the work I know I have to put into myself. And the work I have to actually put into myself is what is going to make me fulfilled. Um, But I don't because I'm scared. I don't know who I am. I don't know who I want to be. So I avoid the work and I keep piling the, my reactions, my anger, my worries, my insecurities, and I keep piling it up because at, I keep piling it up on my back because in front of me, I have a full plate of food. I have several full plates of food, if I'm being honest. Um, I have tons of, of over exercise, um, habits, compulsive movement, making sure I'm on my feet all day, making sure I'm hitting a certain step count. And if I don't, then that's going to detract from my own self worth. It's going to make my own str- it's going to make my own stressors that much worse. Um, and the thing with gratification and gratifying again, um, coping habits and and mechanisms that you use, um, gratification itself can only be found outside of yourself, and thus is fleeting. It's exhaustible. Exhaustible. At a certain point, it's. It's going to run out, just like any sort of fossil fuel. I think I don't I'm not a paleontologist or an engineer. I don't know where the fuck fossil fuels. I know they're dinosaurs, but they run out. they're they're gonna die, they're gonna they're gonna become empty. And the more you try to chase it, try to trying to chase those gratifications, the more you exhaust both it and yourself. You can only put so much of yourself into those um, coping mechanisms. again, food exercise, alcohol, drugs. Um, like for myself, um, back in the day, years back, if it wasn't binge eating that I was actively doing to, to cope with any sort of, with just life itself and who I didn't know who I was, um, if I wasn't binge eating, it was re- over-restricting my food, not eating, water fasting, and working out two to three times a day because when I'm actively taking part in those things, I used to be able to escape everything else um, where fulfillment on the flip end um, is it's it 's found within yourself, external circumstances can help mold it and it can help you find it, but fulfillment itself just comes from within yourself comes from within your chest within if you 'll go as far as with me as saying your spirit, your soul um, fulfillment is inside, and it 's still exhaustible exhaustible there it is. That, that was the, that was the inward, that was the child speech impediment coming out right there. Um, fulfillment, it's still exhaustible. Um, just like anything else. At a certain point, it's, it's going to exhaust and you have to keep working at it. Um, but it's through working on ourselves and learning to be content in the present that we actually become fulfilled. Um, and I know fulfillment itself, I think that's a term just like a lot of other terms. Um, it's kind of thrown around a lot and it's not well understood. Um, I think even within it, there's a lot of differing terms and a lot of differing ide- ideologies and philosophies of what it actually is. Um, but for myself, personally, fulfillment is being able to to stay in the pocket of the moment without being um, distracted or taken away by any sort of worries or insecurities about the past, about the future, even insecurities within the present of, say, like body image, um negative thoughts just in general. Um fulfillment for me is being able to stay in the present and be present um within it. Um and fulfillment itself, it I think it can seem more elusive and a little bit more slippery than um sort of gratifying coping mechanisms. Um, and therefore I have found people are a little bit more, a lot more apprehensive to actually learn how to find it within themselves um, so they keep going back to the bottle they keep going back to um, I don't know the weed pens the little penjamins uh, they keep going back to the pantry um, back to the gym even when they need a rest day and their bodies are screaming for one um, they keep ignoring it because that's their only sense of release and um, I just want a quick pin I'm not saying in any way Exercise is bad. It is one of the best things you can do for yourself. This is, again, personal trainer. This is what I do for a fucking living. One of the best things you can do for your mental health, physical health, spiritual health, emotional health is exercise. But just like anything else, the dosage makes the poison. And at certain dosages, exercise can become a poison, especially if you use it to cope habitually with other things in your life. If you find yourself constantly thinking about, um, just like, just like with food, how there's what's called food noise, where it's food is just always on your brain. For some people, um, exercise noise, just always thinking about exercise, what you're going to do, what you have to do, how many workouts you're going to do that day, um, how intense your workouts are going to be that day. Um, some people suffer with that. I don't want to brag. I suffer with both. Listen, it's not, it's not a competition. I suffer with both. I don't want to brag. Um, and within fulfillment, um, on the flip side of that, of the gratifying coping mechanisms, um, fulfillment is, it's complete antagonist in the most positive way possible. Um, the more you put into fulfillment and finding fulfillment, um, the more you actually put into yourself and the more you get back from it. Um, I can go and I can have, like I have in the past um, with major depressive episodes and identity crises, I can go and have a week-long bender where I'm binge eating 20,000 plus calories a day. And I come out of that a fucking hollow tree trunk. It is, I am empty. There is nothing left of my spirit, only a small little flicker. Other than that, I am empty and I am run dry. Same with exercise compulsively moving trying to hit thirty thousand steps a day every single day without a break um at a certain point again not even just spiritually for those who are atheist whatever whatever the fuck you believe if at a certain point you just you run dry emotionally physically mentally you can only handle so much and those coping mechanisms those unhealthy um, and sort of habitual ones just leave you empty fulfillment on the other hand it gives back, and it gives back what you give into it. Um, just like a 401k, I think it is right. How companies do that, I think um, you get back what you put in. Sometimes with good companies, at least. Same idea with fulfillment. Whatever you put into it, you'll get back. And it's not this one-to-one ratio that people think it is. It's okay. Well, if I don't binge eat today, if I if I don't compulsively move, and if I actually fucking sit down um, to just relax, then I'm gonna be fulfilled. Then. Um, the next day, tomorrow, when I wake up, I'm going to know who I am. I'm going to be fulfilled. And it's, it's not how it works. That's not how life, the universe, existence works. It's not this one to one ratio. You have to understand that with any sort of growth, right? Especially when it comes, when it pertains to yourself. It's, it's almost like a penny stock. You have to keep putting, putting those stocks into it. And eventually over time, you'll see return and you'll see growth. And that doesn't mean it's going to be linear. There's going to be some dips. There's going to be some days, maybe even weeks, maybe even months, maybe even years of this downturn of the economy within yourself. But eventually, eventually, it. no matter how long it is, that sun's going to rise again. That stock's going to turn up again. And in the meantime, while while it's kind of flitting up and down, a good thing to remember, like I touched on last week, two weeks ago, rather, excuse me, excuse me, is that when it comes to thoughts and feelings and especially negative thoughts and feelings, it's important to understand that if you put it into the perspective of them being clouds and us, our consciousness, who we are as the sky, it's a good reminder that those thoughts and feelings are fleeting. They're going to be gone. Just like gratification, they're going to be gone. Don't get stuck in them. Don't believe that is who you are. Don't believe that is your identity They're going to leave they're going to be gone they're going to disappear and something else is going to appear even happy feelings are going to come you can appreciate them for what they are for how they make you feel and then they're going to go in the meantime we are the sky itself we are so much more than any one single feeling um and especially with with identity with those negative feelings that come with really not knowing who we are especially um not knowing, like in the past, with not knowing who I am. And let me just quick pin again. Um, let's be, let's be, if I'm being completely honest here, um, my friends, listeners, people, um, is that I still struggle with identity, right? That whole poem at the beginning. I wrote that to remind myself and to hopefully remind you as well that we are so much more than any one set thing. Um, I really have struggled in the past, and that is a lot of the time what has led to binge eating and overexercising as a coping strategy, coping mechanism, because I don't know who I am, and I don't like who I am. And I don't even like that I don't know who I am, because I like knowing things. Um, So I when I don't know this holy fucking trinity of identity, God damn it, I am lost in the fucking woods, um, and I'm trying to light like, signal flares for myself to find myself. Um, and let me tell you, you don't find yourself through binge drinking, binge eating, binge exercising. You don't do over not eating anything. You don't find yourself through that. Um, all you do is find deeper and deeper trenches to hate yourself. And that's, that's, if it's, if this is like, Maybe, you know, a surprise to anybody. That's not the point of existence. The point of existence is not to dig deeper and deeper and deeper and find more and more hatred for yourself. And it's so unfortunate that so many people end up doing just that because they don't understand that they deserve so much more and that they are so much more than those negative thoughts and feelings. Um, and we get so stuck in who we think we are in the moment, in the day, in the week um, that we miss the entirety of who we actually are. We are more than a moment. We are more than a single bad day and we are more than a, one single identity. You are more than your job. You are more than, and I'm not taking away from any parents, grandparents, but you are more than your parenthood. You are more than your career. You are more than any bad day, good day. You are so much more than this sort of physical, tangible existence that we live um, and like I said, I still struggle with identity crisis, um, because I get stuck in the feelings that my career as a personal trainer, as a nutrition coach, as a writer, author, even, um, I get stuck in this idea that that is who I have to be. That if I'm not that, then, then I'm nothing. I'm nobody. Um, and that's, I think, the, the ironic beauty of life and the catch 22 of it is that we are nobody in the most beautiful way possible in the most absurdist way possible we are nobody and we are nothing and that gives us the chance to create everything that gives us opportunity to become anything we want to be um and i i just i forget that myself and part of the reason for part of the reason for even having this podcast even if i'm the only one actually listening to this um when i run it back you know it just as a reminder for myself that I am so much more than any one single identity, and whoever is listening, you are so much more than any one single identity as well um, like for myself, I start to compare myself and to compete with other writers, other authors, other trainers, um, body image, obviously in this day and age on the social media you see you see somebody shirtless, whether it be a man or a woman, and you go, oh." I'm a, I'm a disgusting motherfucker. And I have to pull myself back from that. And I've gotten better at it. But you have to pull yourself back and understand that wow. social media, one, is a highlight reel. People only post the best things. Um, their best angles, best lighting, best aesthetics. Um, nine times out of ten, you put them under a completely different lighting. They look completely different and they look completely average. And there is so much beauty in average. Um, in that. <sighs> We have to stop comparing, and you have to stop comparing. I have to stop comparing and competing with other people outside of myself because that also leads to identity crises. It can be good, and it can be a good motivator, but when you start to realize, and if you start to realize, that all it's doing is detracting from your work and who you are, good idea to work on not doing that and to work on understanding that the only person we have to compete with ourself is ourself. That is End all. Period. Step. Period. Mark it down. Highlight it. The only person we have to compete against is ourself. And even within that, when I say compete, I don't mean like, oh, yesterday, I'm going to be 1% better every day. Fuck that shit. There have been weeks, probably months, if I'm being completely honest, where I have been 10% worse than the day before. I'm not condoning it. I'm not condemning it. But it's the truth, and that's life. Life isn't linear. In the escape of time, how we perceive it, sure, it's linear. It goes one way. But growth and lack thereof is not linear. There's going to be hurdles. Just like with with weight loss, for example, you're going to see daily fluctuations. Again, stock market, daily fluctuations. And that's the whole point, is to understand that we are so much bigger than the fluctuations. We're so, so much grander than those little minute sort of up, down, up, down, up, down. Um and just remember that, please, going forward. We I, you, me, the us, the world, the universe, the cosmos, um, comparing ourselves to ourself is just a good way to gauge what direction we're going in, what direction we want to go in, and if we're honoring this sort of this sense of fulfillment and trying to reach fulfillment. Um and when it comes to that, um I know gratifying, we've covered. I don't know. At least four sort of coping mechanisms when it comes to gratification. Um, obviously, there's others, and I also want to say there are gratification isn't this end all be all bad thing, right? It's not. We don't use it, and all of a sudden, like, oh, we're empty, we're dead. Like, I, I've just killed my spirit a little bit. No, gratification isn't bad. Just again, dosage is the poison. It's the medication. Gratification a lot of times because we are in a society that is gimme 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 abba abba gimme 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 a man after midnight. Sorry, I I take all of that back. I apologize um, for making you listen to that. But we live in the society where it's it's we want more, we want more, more, more. Consume, consume, consume. Whatever it is, whatever media it is. Um, but gratification is still just like dopamine, right? It can it's still it can still be good. It can still be helpful. Um, it can still be these these little rewards that we give ourselves. so like a low reward or something. Um, it can still be these helpful reminders that oh, yes, I'm alive. I'm in this moment in this moment, this is really nice. this is fun. this is enjoyable. It's just when we start using those um whatever it may be, those vices where it becomes toxic and unhealthy. Um, where on the flip side, fulfillment, like I said, tends to be a little bit more elusive and uh, more difficult with actually reaching it because it's much easier to see something outside of ourselves that is tangible rather than something that's within ourself that is more so an idea, um, a philosophy, a theory, whatever it may be, a state of being. Um, states of being are more challenging to conceptualize when we have uh, a liquor bottle or a um, I don't know a joint, uh, a plate of food. When we have those things in front of us, we go, "Oh, okay, yes, this right here is real. Um, it's physical. I can touch it, and this is what's going to get me through the moment." Where fulfillment is, um, it's again, it's a state of being. It's it's nothing outside of ourself. It's everything within ourselves. And the outside circumstances, yeah, it can help. It can help or detract depending on where we are, who we find ourselves around. Um, that's why it's helpful to surround yourself with good people and a good support network and not surround yourself with fucking assholes, all right? That's a pretty good point, right? Surround yourself with a good support group, as is with recovery, as is with AA, uh, what is it, NA, I think, right? Um, Or any other support group when it comes to growth. If you have good people around you, you'll find good within yourself. And on the flip side of that, if you find yourself surrounded by assholes, you will start, if not externally, to other people, because we should strive to be nice to other people. Surprise, surprise. Um, But you'll generally start to find yourself internally being more of an asshole to yourself. And that's just not good. That's just digging a trench, right? We don't want to do that. Um, so within that, fulfillment, those external circumstances can still help. Um, and it starts with finding time for yourself. Again, we live in this day and age, especially for parents um, who work full-time, go home, take care of their kids. It's so challenging to find time for yourself um, throughout the day, to practice hobbies, to give yourself downtime, to just breathe, not have any distractions, to actually sit with yourself and understand yourself. Um... But it doesn't have to be. I think when people think like, Oh, I don't have any downtime. I, I can't do that. Even if it's 10 minutes, 10 minutes is a start. Just like walking, just like any exercise routine, just like recovery, recovery in like trying to refrain from binge eating. If you look at it, same with refraining from drinking. If you have dependence issues with anything, um, if you look at it as this 365 day sort of regimen that you've, you've just started, Fuck yeah. You're going to look at it and be like, fuck this shit. I have to, I have to go the rest of my life doing this. Don't do that. Same with giving yourself time. Don't think of it as, oh, I have to do, I have to give myself a whole hour. No. Start with 10 minutes. Convince yourself binge eating, drinking. Find yourself in the moment. Find yourself in the day and say, okay, cool. If I want to drink, if I want to binge eat tomorrow, I can do that. But today, right now, let's focus on the moment and let's not do that. And that's how you start. that is how you start giving yourself by by giving yourself ten minutes. that is how you start on the path of finding fulfillment and again, within my own definition, finding fulfillment is accepting the present, being present with yourself, and not having any detractors from the past, future, and truly just living in the present um because when we're in the present. It doesn't matter what our identity is, right? It doesn't matter who we think we are, who we want to be. When we're present, when we are truly actively in the moment, we disappear into the moment. And that is, that's why I love writing so much. Because when I'm writing, obviously you can be distracted and you can't be focused, but you're not going to do your best work. But when I'm writing, I am fully pre- present. I am fully cognizant. I am lost in the words. And I i i know this, again, seems... A little bit like a grandiose idea here, but when I'm writing, I become the words. I, my body, my physical sort of tangible being is only so that I can disappear into the words, into the stories themselves. Um, and that's what, that is what happens when we give ourselves time. Those 10 minutes in the day to just sit and breathe, focus on your breathing, four seconds into the nose, hold it four seconds, four seconds out through the mouth, hold it four seconds, box breathing. That in itself helps you find yourself. When we're not stuck in our phones, when we're not stuck in the TV, any other sort of thing that pulls us away from ourselves, find those 10 minutes. I promise you, I, with everything that I am, I promise you you have 10 minutes to find, to spare for yourself. Um, because if we can't have time for ourselves, we never get to discover who we are. And if we don't, if we can't, and if we don't give ourselves those 10 minutes, and we never get to rediscover each day who we can be. And I think there's so much beauty in allowing yourself, whether it's in the shower, 10 minutes, five minutes, whatever it is, there's so much beauty in finding who we get to be every day. Because it, 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 truly, it doesn't, the identity itself that we find ourselves in and that we try so hard to sort of, sort of put ourselves in, into this box um it it pulls us from the present no matter how how content we think we are in and i think our identities um a lot of times something one small minutia of a fraction of a crack will be askew and it won't be aligned and all of a sudden we're trying we're focusing on that little crack in the windshield and it kind of spider webs once we start doubting and questioning ourselves um and just by giving yourself that little bit of time, we get to be whoever we want to be. We get to be brand new every single day. No matter what doorway we walk through, no matter how many times you walk through it, we are brand new. We are we are fresh off the fucking lot. And we, obviously, we still have mileage with us. We have our entire lives with us. But our entire lives, that that past, the those things that we've been through, that's not who we are in this moment. That's not, that's not our identity. That's, it has shaped who we are. But in this moment, we get to choose who we want to be. And it starts by giving yourself those 10 fucking minutes. So please, please set the kids down. I don't know. Give them a puzzle. I don't know. Um, Not a parent. I'm an uncle. Uh, Give them a puzzle. Give them something to do, right? Um, And if you're not a parent, fucking great. Even more time for yourself. But find that time. Um, Another way, another little little, uh, helpful, helpful way here, right, Um, is that if we find meaningful work and something that we truly are passionate in doing, then we get to really, again, just continue to shape that sort of fulfillment. And that is one of those huge external circumstances that I myself am so fortunate for. Um, and that I, I have a intrinsic passion for what I do. I get to actively help people every single day with their fitness, with their health and wellness, most importantly, um, with their mental health, most, most importantly within what I can do, within the scope of practice of what I can do. Um, and that is, I think, one of those huge misalignments because it's easy for me to say that, oh, just be fulfilled, be okay with, With what you do, where you are, where you find yourself. I am completely cognizant of people fucking despising what they do. I've been there, I've been in those shoes. And it, that in itself is like a fucking knife to the identity because it just, it fucking stabs you every single day that you know you have to go into work and you have to do the work that you, that you do not like. Um, and that's where even finding hobbies can come in so handy. Because if we allow ourselves that time to fulfill those passions and what we're passionate about, whether it be even exercising, again, that's a passion for a lot of people, myself included, fucking building boats, building trains. I don't know why those came came to the top of my head. But doing those, writing, reading, knitting, crocheting, I probably sound like a broken fucking record because I said all of that last week. But whatever hobby that you need to find yourself, to help find yourself, is huge. Because a lot of times when we start to give ourselves the respect to to do those things, one, if we don't like what we do with work, it gives us a better appreciation for the other time that we have to spare outside of work. And sometimes those passions, those hobbies can become full-time jobs. Exercise for me used to be just uh, kind of a hobby. I used to do what I, I, I did it on the side. And then I I was lucky enough, fortunate enough to just almost literally fall into a personal training job. Um, and I realized, holy shit, this is what I want to do. And then I've there have been moments a couple of years ago where I took a step back from fitness. I got really frustrated with the industry. I had to fix myself. I had to fix my relationship with my eating, with my exercise after I had gone full bore into overtraining syndrome. Um, and I did other sorts of work. I went back to school and I realized the what I was doing and where I was going, the path that I was on, was not going to lead to any sort of fulfillment because the work itself wasn't nearly as passionate as how I feel when I'm training, when I'm actively working with clients in a gym. Um, And that's, I think just, I think that's something that can really help is finding those hobbies and those hobbies can transpire and, and progress into, into full-time jobs, full-time careers, um, And within the work, within the passion for the work, we gain fulfillment. Um, Because when we're passionate about what we're doing, we're present. We're completely present in the moment. 99% of the time when I'm with clients in the gym, I I fucking love what I'm doing. So the time itself slips away. I mean, an eight-hour shift flies the fuck by because I am so fulfilled with what I'm doing. Um, rather than fucking staring at the clock, staring at the watch, going, god damn it, it's only been 30 seconds. God damn it, it's only been 45 seconds, right? Um, it is such a huge, huge motivator in understanding that the work that we do can help with fulfillment. Um, while also, also understanding that the work you do isn't your identity and isn't who you are completely. Um, and, If you don't like your work and if we don't like what we're doing, the moment itself, um, just like with gratification, we – with gratification rather, we try to find that escapism. Um, We try to find escapism from the hurdles, from the obstacles, from the hurt, from the pain that we experience. Um, And within that pain, within whatever stressors you experience – I know it's so much easier to say, nope, I'm done. I don't want to do this. I don't want to deal with this. I've already had a long enough day as is. Um, I don't have the energy for this right now. I get it. Truly, I genuinely, completely appreciate that, respect that, understand that, and sympathize with that. And empathize, sympathize, empathize. I'm sure there's syn- they're synonymous, but I do both. I do all six things, whatever the fuck I just said. Um, But... When we run from those hurdles, when we run from the obstacles, when we run from our own demons, all we do is damn ourselves from from never being fulfilled. And if we're not fulfilled, and if we're not actively trying to, to be fulfilled, then I think a large part of us remains empty. And if a large part of us remains empty, then we never get the chance to experience life to its fullest. Um, and that's a shame. That's a complete shame. Because... Everyone and their fucking grandmother's grandmother's cousin on the third side of the father's paternal, um, third cousin removed, right? All, all of them, all of them in the family tree, all of us and you deserve to understand the full brunt and the full brightness of, of existence and how beautiful it can be. Because I've experienced the fucking dark, dark trenches of what life can be. And I understand that it's very subjective. Other people have experienced and are experiencing much, much worse. But for my own accord, for my own life, I have experienced a lot of darkness. Um, a lot of it from what I've put myself into um, through just the sort of martyr complex. Um, and some of it through other words and opinions and actions of others. But on the flip side of that, When we actively get to work on ourselves and we actively put in the work for ourselves, we get to be fulfilled and we get to understand the just how beautiful life can be and how gorgeous you yourself are. Um, And I don't mean that in any sort of like, I don't know, superficial way. Genuinely, intrinsically, you deserve to understand how beautiful and how gorgeous you are, Um, way beyond just your skin and your flesh. And I think once we've conquered those flames. And you've experienced that. Um, I think a lot of people get stuck in that sort of martyr complex, where that they believe that self-flagellation is where they deserve to be in the fire, continuing to fight the fire. But if once there's a difference between walking into the fire and putting it out, and then continuing to relight that fire over and over and over again. Once you've put out the fire, why are you restarting it? Why are you living in the pain? Why are you living in this repeated cycle of coping mechanisms gone awry, hurting yourself over and over? I get it comes from from life experiences, from lack of learning behaviors, proper learned behaviors, and um, sort of survival mechanisms. But you deserve to know what's on the other side of that fire, what's on the other side of that pain. And... We have to learn how to walk through it. How to, one, walk into it, how to live in it, and how to put it out. And then we have to learn how to walk away. And when we walk away, that gives us this whole uninhibited sort of chance to create our identity again and again. And it's when we're in that fire, I get it, I've been there. Um, Sometimes I still get stuck there when when I'm fighting negative thoughts within my head. That I misplace staying in the fire for a sense of identity. And I go, oh, this is who I am. I am someone that fights my demons. I am somebody that fights the darkness within me. Um, I am someone that no matter how much I bleed, I am going to continue to fight. That's great. It's an identity, right? Again, what the fuck is it worth, though, if you never get to experience the rewards of conquering and from growing? Because if we just keep hurting ourselves, then we never get to heal. And we, if we never get to heal, then we never get to blossom. Um, and I just closing statement here um, on the topic of identity, fulfillment, day to day sort of um, you know work life balance. Right? Uh, monotony has a way of making us believe we're cemented in who we are. But please, please just take this as your reminder that we are vastly dynamic beings. We are not stones, and we're not static. We are whoever we want ourselves to become. And it starts by being in the moment with yourself to actually understand yourself. I'm going to end it right there. I hope all of that was um, somewhat enlightening, right? And if it's not, uh, you know, maybe podcasting isn't for me. But I hope it was. And if it was, um, you know, we'll keep up this whole shtick. Um, This is Blossom Where You Bleed. I hope you are blossoming where you bleed and where you have bled. And I hope you continue to grow because that is what you all deserve. I will see you on the next episode, my friends. Stay well.